Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Freaking first cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is a very special episode. Joining me to chat it up, Kyle Porter is here. KP, hello, sir. How we doing? I'm back from the F1 junket. You're back from uh, wherever you were yesterday. I actually don't know. And uh, ready to rock and roll. That's a secret where I was yesterday. Mark Immelman, I'll tell you. Mark Immelman is here. Hi, Mark. Hey, boys. Nice to be with you. No secrets where I am. I'm at home. I'm just chilling, giving golf lessons. Regular me, so good to be with you guys. I was at Disneyland yesterday, but I didn't uh, want to tell people I was at Disneyland because we, because I told Josh Pryor I couldn't do Tuesdays. We had this planned out that everybody else could do Tuesday, and I was like, "Well, don't switch because of me." But I was having fun. So, so what's your you, favorite no, ride at Disneyland? Then? Well, first of all, first of all, you have you have the free. You can take like ten of these off because <laughs> you've banked up enough. Like, oh, covering for Kyle, covering for Mark, you know, covering for whoever. So. Yeah, what is your what, what was the best part of yesterday? Uh, Indiana Jones. That's that's the ride. That's the go to. It's it's well it's well thought out. Great theme. Great ride. It's awesome. And by the way, I don't think it's covering for us, Kyle. I think when Rick is on, it's the A team. So it's just it's just uh, installing the favorites for the show. We're, is what it is. <laughs> we're making the show better by not showing up. <laughs> true, true All right. words. Well, we do have a fourth today. We've got him. Uh, you know exactly who he is. He has been in the news for, oh my gosh, coming up on a year here because of the way that he jumps onto the scene at last year's PGA Championship. Michael Block is joining joining us michael good to have you hey thanks for having me guys i appreciate it here in the uh home office at a royal Tribuco golf club yeah working you, hard look at you did, did you run into him at disney yesterday or no no unfortunately no, no chance am i going to be at disney yeah no. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first time i'd ever been there michael I, I that was listen it was it was pretty tame for a tuesday morning there wasn't large crowds but it's not it's not generally my scene yeah, no, I had a lot of anxiety uh, the one time I ever went there, and I just had to leave. I, I couldn't handle that. Too many, too many little kids running around and uh, and stuffed animals. So I was over it. And hey, hey, Michael, <laughs> Michael, looking at your view behind you, there's way more paper than there are golf clubs and stuff in your office over there. You got a real job too, huh? Yeah, no, I mean, I everyone's like, oh, after the PGA, I'm like, no, are you kidding me? I still need to run a club. Um, and I absolutely love doing it. And I love this course. I love being here. Uh, 
I wouldn't change it for the world. And yeah, I, I still have to come back and I have to work really hard because I haven't been here as much as normal, obviously. Um, but when I am here, I got to work my tail off and uh, catch up. So it begs the question then, how much do you get to practice when you're back home? Ah, uh, boy. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm in the PJ Tour event next week and I might get an hour in a day uh, right now. How is this? How is the current state of your game? I don't even know, really. I mean, I've just been playing like <laughs> I've been playing like stupid YouTube golf and crap, where it's like not even golf. And uh, I don't know. I, I kind of want to get back out there and play some money games with my boys, you know, and uh, do stuff like that because that's when you know that's what really helps me get ready for a, a PJ Tour event. Uh, you know, when it's under the gun and feeling that pressure, and you got to make your own ball for that score. Uh, so. Yeah, it feels good. I feel great. I've been working hard, um, trying to create a little more speed in my in my swing, um, half a mile an hour at a time, basically. <laughs> but, uh, it's been good. It's uh, I feel good going to next week because I love Cabo San Lucas and uh, I've always loved playing in golf tournaments there. Yeah, that's that's going to be cool to see. I mean, the the listeners and the viewers of 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 this show they're they're tapped in so they they know the michael block story so we don't need to rehash every step along the way but i, I kind of want to get your thoughts on what i feel is uh the moments of kind of before michael block and after michael block for the vast majority of us i mean we sat we sat together i think it was kyle myself and you friday afternoon at oak hill and we were like here's michael block uh pga pro he just you know he just made the cut this is a, a great story and from that moment on, it felt like great story went just bonkers, right? So, I mean, that night, that Friday night feels like such a turning point in the way that most people view Michael Block. Was th Does that kind of line up with the way that you're seeing things here? Yeah, my life uh, was has been literally turned upside down since that Friday. There's no doubt about it. Um, nothing's really seems to be the same except when I'm sitting here in my office but now i'm you know obviously with you guys doing a podcast so it's definitely even changed i guess in my office as well but i'm um, trying to keep everything as normal as possible um my my wife and my kids keep me super grounded that's for sure uh and i've really learned to really enjoy hanging out with my dog on the golf course uh, more than ever yeah i'm curious about that that week there's so many different moments that i think <clears throat> even i remember from your four days there and that fans remember from watching on tv what what other than the the one with rory obviously what what's the moment where you're like and i i kind of can't believe this is happening i'm sure there were several of them but is there one that that kind of sticks out you know i mean there were so many of them i mean even it just even started like in our wednesday practice round when cam smith comes up to myself and I'm playing with Kenny Pigman, another uh, PJ professional, one of my buddies here in SoCal. And, and he comes up to us and goes, Hey, do you mind if I play a practice round with you? And I'm just like, what? I'm like, that, that doesn't happen. I played in so many <laughs> these events and you know, it's always, you know, you're always the one going, Hey, do you mind if I join you? And uh, for Cam to come up and do that with his dad, who's obviously a PGA gentleman as well. Um, was a really cool moment. Got to play with them. And, from there on, it just kept on being that type of thing, you know, because Justin Thomas and Mike, his dad were out there and they played with through us. He was just doing short game, but he went with us. Um, and then I had Tommy Fleetwood one day. So it started out basically right when I got to Rochester, to be honest, um, everything just was crazy as we kept on going. It just kept on going up, up and up. 
but yeah um my whole thing there was just to make that cut and on number nine was my last hole on friday which is a really hard you guys saw dog leg right par four up the hill crazy crazy difficult hole and i was in that front right bunker and i just needed to basically not hit it out of bounds three times i'm gonna make the cut <laughs> and i i have like a 40 yarder to the back pin in that little peninsula from that front right bunker and i'm just going just get this on the green i hit to like three feet tap it in for another 70 and the rest is history michael i want to back up on that a bit because on that friday afternoon us as a broadcast crew we filled in for espn for a bit and i think it was the friday and we go out in the course for a couple hours and my producer gets in my ear and goes mark go find blocky and uh, I, I think it was you had just come off the par five, the fourth, and you got to five T. <laughs> Are you laughing? Because you know what's coming. And I don't want to talk about the shot that you hit off five T, which whistled over the top of my head. I kind of, I kind of want to talk about yeah, that. <laughs> but on the very next hole, which was by far and away, in my opinion, the hardest hole on the course, I'm looking at this, and they come to me and you in the fairway, which was a job in itself, because that T shot was like driving it up a nat's rear end. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. And so there you are in the fairway, quartering in wind, water left, bunkers right. It's nip and tuck a little bit. And you flush this driving iron in there to like 20 feet. And I remember saying to Frank Nobler, well, there are no remnants of the shank shot from back there on that par five because that was legit. Talk about that some. Yeah, so uh, I, I told John, my caddy, I wasn't going to look at any uh, leaderboards throughout the entire week. And I accidentally saw one there on the par five that you're referring to. Mm -hmm. And it showed block tied for second. <laughs> and I immediately had my next shot with a six degree wedge on that par five to a back right pin. I held on for dear life, short side of myself, make a quick bogey mm -hmm. with a lob wedge in my hand, which you just absolutely can't do in a major. And then the next hole, I go there and I almost kill you, make a quick double. So I go from <laughs> I go from three under in second place to even par like this. And then I know in my head that I've got, you know, six seven eight and nine to go which are absolutely brutal and like we were talking about on six i think it went down as like one of the hardest holes in pga history yeah I, I played a practice round there mark and i hit it right down the middle right down the middle and i see a splash i'm like what was that and my caddy's just like uh yeah there's a lake up there and i'm like you gotta be kidding me um so i literally had to because i only carried like 280 i had to take it down you know like what you're talking about kind of the first cut with a baby cut and if i cut it more than that i'm in the water it was a brutal shot yeah that hole is an absolute monster especially at that point in the round especially at that point in the championship of what you're trying to do so i want to i want to look ahead a lot here but but real quick michael you know we've there's been a lot of oxygen spent on michael block in the last couple of months there's been a lot of words written and i want to just remind people you're not just some random dude who happened to show up in Rochester, right? Like Southern California player of the year, what 10 of the last 11 years, right? I mean, th this is not, this is not you just showing up and having a great week. This is uh, a career of a lot of really solid play. Do you think that that kind of got lost in the whole moment? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I was in the golfing community in Southern California. I'm pretty well known prior but outside of that, nobody knew who I really was. Uh, so it was finally the really the first time under the microscope of the golfing world that I brought more of my normal game, to, to be honest. I usually choke like a chicken, think too much. Um, and, and in these big, big events, uh, you know, shoot mid-70s in these PGA championships and miss a cut by a couple and I go home. Um, 
finally everything kind of lined up and I played my game and I putted how I do when I go out and play, you know, here. Uh, and I'd never done that really before in, a, in an event. And I don't know if I'll ever do it again in a big event, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, it's I got I got pretty lucky. And, and now it's insane to me. I don't know what ha- I don't know what happened with me and why I blew up in this way on the on the, you know, in the in the golf world. But I'll, I'll go with it. I, I, I've had some good conversations with, you know, even DJ Khaled had me in his backyard having lunch and he's just going off. And, and he said he goes, Blocky, whatever it is right now, just go. He goes, just go right now. You got this topic, this time, this opportunity. Go hard. Don't say no to anything. And that's what I've done. Um, just having a great time with it and try to keep a smile on my face, even though my life's been absolutely insane and it's going to be insane for the next six months as well. Well, I think I think what happened real quick, Rick, I think why people sort of um, latched onto it and, and could identify with it is because they view anybody, people, people that are watching golf on like a major championship, they view anybody who isn't Rory Scheffler Rom and kind of came in as not a PGA tour player, right. Uh, as a, as a, as a pro, as a, as a PGA pro, um, they view those people like the same as, as them. Like, <laughs> Oh, this guy, this guy just, he kind of like plays on the week. Like, and, 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 and that lack of knowledge almost works to the advantage of somebody like you, because it, it makes people more interested in the story because they can, they can almost see themselves in that role even though nobody watching has been you know california uh player of the year in 10 of the last 11 years so i i thought i think that aspect of it almost this this illiteracy when it comes to like who guys are outside of the top 50 in the world almost worked to your advantage throughout that week yeah it's uh it, it was it was amazing yeah i mean the coolest part and what's helped a lot is that I've been able to play with so many of these guys now they're out on tour. Um, and I realize what they do and how good they are at what they do and try to just get a little bit from each one of them and be able to do it under those circumstances. But, you know, the first two days, I didn't have really anyone follow me. I had my family and friends and a couple of people, and that was it. And then all of a sudden I show up on Friday and I've got New York literally behind me um, for the next 36 holes, which is uh, beyond special to say the least. And something I'd never had in my entire life. Uh, and I was just so thankful that I didn't collapse. You know, I thought, I'm like, oh, when's the 81 coming? When's the 82 coming? When am I going to blow up? Um, and I thought that was going to happen, like what Mark talked about on that part three. And I, and I got my feet underneath me. And Mark, my thought was the rest of the day, that day to finish off that round. And then also the next two days was and when I always go back to, because I mean, I puzzled it, you know, every once in a while, because I come from the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just hands in tight to my left side through impact, hands in tight, hands in tight through the impact zone, um, which all created just that little baby cut. And I started just hitting this baby cut and I was hitting everything <laughs> 10 to 20 yards shorter than I could. But I hit them like that because my caddy and I realized really quickly that it was I was hitting my spot with that. And when I'd go back to my normal shot and hit, try to 770 and hit. I was pulling it. So we just hit this little baby cut, hands in tight for the rest of the tournament, and it worked out beautifully. That's such a great lesson, you know, that go-to for all the aspirant golfers that want to do better under pressure. Um, I want to talk about that weekend because, look, you play great on Saturday. Then on Sunday, you draw on with McElroy, who is like crowd favorite, right? And I remember being down in the fairway waiting for the tee shots, and your group walks to the tee, and ordinarily it's Rory that's serenaded. 
but people are going off there shouting blocky blocky and they're going crazy and it was like rory was the understudy and you were the main guy so so my question here is the the adrenaline must have been rampant and the pressure of that first tee shot on the final day and playing alongside mcelroy i mean that's real isn't it oh you know to go from what i had nothing of even just on thursday and friday so just the day before you know saturday got me kind of it was it was crazy too saturday because i had rosie um mm -hmm. and it was raining and every single person still came out under the umbrellas and it was muddy out there and whatever else but somehow i was able to just to sit there and focus my caddy kept me calm he was singing dreams the song to me while we're walking in the rain and um it, just the whole thing just was perfect and somehow i was able to kind of stay there in, the, in my little bubble and enjoy the moment which was the craziest thing that i was actually able to enjoy the moment and not just absolutely start hustling everything into the bushes like i did on on five <laughs> so good okay we're going to continue this conversation with michael block but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners it's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I, I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, they've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as, as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there. And I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now here's what you can do for four, our listeners, uh, first time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up to me, and I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple, and that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. And we're back. Uh, there's actually a great question here from the chat that I want to hit from, from Garrett here, Michael. And it says, there are shots throughout golf history that live in a space of their own. With that ace you made with Rory, how does it feel to have one of those shots that has found its spot in golf archives? And I think really, Michael, I mean, I, I, I 
certainly agree with this sentiment, right? That that is a shot, the ace, the the dunk on 15 that will be replayed how many times and how many years into PGA Championship history and every year, every moment it's played, it's like, wow, how does that even how do you even wrap your brain around that? I don't. Uh, I have yet to. Um, I still can't believe it even happened myself, considering that's the only tournament hole in one I've ever had in my thousands upon thousands of tournament rounds. And for it to happen on a Sunday in the PGA Championship when I'm actually, you know, in the top 20 and I'm playing with Rory McIlroy and that's the hospitality tent section. Um, and it's a big amphitheater. You know, you have 18 right behind it, 17 and 18 right behind it, too. Uh, the crowd was insane. The crowd. No one really knows this, but when I because I just basically go like this after I make the whole one like, oh, thanks. Um, the reason being was I didn't see it. Well, when I got on the tee box, Rory had gone and he misses the green. And I just stand on the tee box and the entire crowd stands up and gives me a standing ovation. <laughs> and this is and this is before I even hit the shot. And so then I stand up there. I'm like, this is incredible. And then I hit that little kind of modified hold off seven iron 152. And it's kind of going at it. And I'm just glad I'm hitting that green because that green is brutal. Yeah. Super narrow. Just hit the green because if I don't hit that green, I'm probably making a bogey. Um, and so it's at it. So I'm super stoked. And, you know, then obviously Roy turns around and tells me that it went in. And that's even the cooler is that I had Roy McIlroy tell me that my ball got went in the hole rather than, you know, me seeing it. But, uh, yeah, and then, you know, after that, the crowd kind of made the same standing ovation noise that they did prior. So that's why I was just like, well, well, thank you, you know. And <laughs> and then I, I couldn't believe it until, you know, it took me, my God, 50 yards of walking before I even really believed, honestly. It wasn't BS, really, before I actually believed that that ball went in the hole. So good. Now the rocket ship has taken off since the PGA championship, right? I mean, you go to Valhalla, you shoot a, you shoot a 63. You've turned up with a couple of maxes, Homa Verstappen, uh, (laughs) big, the big cat. I mean, was there a moment or how many moments since the PGA championship have you just thought in your brain? I can't believe I'm here right now. I cannot believe I'm doing this. 10, 10 of them where I go, this, this, this would have never, ever, ever even been possible without the game of golf, Yeah, you know? And I always talk about how the game of golf has built my house, pays for the food on my table. And now it's, it's allowing me to meet the most amazing people in the world and, and have these life experiences that I would have never dreamt of in my life and where I'm flying to Qatar one moment and literally the next day i'm flying to go help tiger in his junior imitational up at pebble beach i mean it's like come on how's this even how's this real where, where are you sorry Kyle, I got, no, just a i've got to where are you finding the energy because i remember being done sunday night after the pga and i was whipped and i wasn't hitting 280 golf shots like you were <laughs> and then you get the call to go and play at colonial and you you had to have been running on empty there. So so I'm wondering where you're finding the mental and emotional energy to do the stuff, travel around the world, come back, be club pro, golf teacher, lesson guy. What is the fountain here, man? <laughs> I'm really enjoying flights, right? I'm really enjoying being on the airplane. The flight to Qatar is 15 and a half, 16 hours. And I mean, I loved it. I, I had to like force me off of it, you know, and uh, I enjoyed the flight, enjoyed the time actually kind of grasp everything that's happening um and then like i kind of mentioned my new favorite thing in the whole world and i've been just starting to do this since uh the pga is 
is bringing my dog to work a lot and getting in the golf cart like he loves to do. And we just, we go out and we chase, chase the birds around the lakes and just kind of spend time out there with my puppy and uh, really allows me to kind of get re-energized and yeah, I'm beat, I'm worn out. But at the same time, I know that this isn't going to happen forever. So I'm going to go hard right now and I'm okay with it. It's, it's all beautiful stuff. I mean, I love being here with you guys right now and I love doing everything that's come you know, for tuition that I've had. So I've got no problem with it. It's not, nothing's painful. I'm, I'm cool with it. So it, I'm just having fun. And I got a lot of things. It, it, it's, you should see my, my month in November. I'm literally, I think here for four days in the month of November. So it's crazy. Yeah, that's why you, you mentioned playing with different, uh, a lot of different tour pros and, and guys that you've gotten the opportunity to play with over the last, um, not just this year, but historically i'm curious about if is there one player's skill that you're like yeah that is that's great like like one one that i run to in this is like watching uh jt hit short game shots you're just like that is that's nuts like that's remarkable and i'm curious just from your perspective who's somebody that you played with that you're like man that guy does some stuff that either i can't do or i can't do consistently anyway that that has stood out to you uh, I'd say by far and away the biggest inspiration for me has been Patrick Cantley. Mm. Um, you know, we've always had we've been doing little home money games around Orange County for the last five, six years when he's around. And to watch him play golf, to watch him basically be a robot. I mean, it's just boom, boom, doesn't miss. He puts it so well. His short game's unbelievable. But there's nothing there that you're going, wow, that was crazy. You know, it wasn't anything mm -hmm. like. I mean, he hits it, you know, 15 yards by me, which is nothing too crazy. Um, and he strikes his irons, you know, he's, he's probably a full club. He's a club longer than I am, but it's just his consistency. He just yeah. doesn't seem to miss. Um, but that's inspired me a lot where it's just like, if I can just create, play my personal game, mm -hmm. but more consistent with it, I can start to at least kind of hang out with these guys. Of course, Pat still beats me 80 75, 80% of the time. Um, but, you know, I every once in a while, kind of like, you know, in the PGA, I can sneak in there. And let's just say I have six more events, kind of which I do, scheduled over the next uh, five months. I'm realistic with, I'm going to have two really bad ones. <laughs> Hopefully not DFL, but, you know, I'll probably have two that aren't the best. I'm hoping for two that are kind of right around the cut, and I'm, I'm either just making that cut or just missing the cut. And then two that... I'm up there and I'm competing and I'm um, having a little closer thing like I did at the PGA. Rick, I want to ask one question. This is, I guess, the golf teacher in me coming out because everyone wants to get better, right? So my question, Michael, is you speak of playing with Cantlay and you've been alongside Rory and all these guys. It's hard not to look upon them and start to kind of play their game or at least try to play their game. But when I did watch you, you're awfully disciplined. You stick to what you do well. So I think there's a lesson in there I want you to share, please. I try, you know, it's one of these things that I have with my current caddy, Mark. Uh, his name's John Jackson. He's a full-time caddy at Pebble Beach. I'm very comfortable with John in the fact where I'm okay with going, you know what, John, I'm going to hit this four iron 180 cut rather than me going, you know what, no, 180, that's my hard seven iron or that's my, you know, I'm very okay with just being super normal and hitting these shots where I'm not trying to be someone I'm not. And I find that so important to, to 
have that confidence with somebody because I had so many other people I've had as caddies or played with people. I'm trying, oh, you're hitting seven, I'm hitting seven, you know, I'm, or hey, my caddy, I'm trying to impress my caddy. Why, I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I trying to impress my caddy? No, I, I have John as a friend and John knows my game very well and he's okay with me hitting a seven iron 152 on 15 and the PGA, which back in the day I'd be, I'd be ripping a draw nine iron. Yeah. Okay. You know, and so playing the shots that you know you can pull off at that point, um, and that's such a big thing. If you watch me warm up, Mark, I'm hitting cuts. All my irons, cut, 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 covering, cut. Uh, when I normally get on the golf course, it's a draw all day long. Mm-hmm. And John knows not to tell me to hit a cut with an iron, and he knows to don't tell me to hit a draw with my driver. Um, you know, and those are the things. And like I've always talked about, I have 14 girlfriends and my girlfriends are all my clubs. Right. And I, they all have, they're right here and they all have different personalities. Right. And each one does something a little different. The turf interaction is a little better or different. The amount of draws different from a seven iron to an eight iron to a six iron. And one of the biggest things that everyone always tries to do that I try to teach, they try to hit the same shot with every single club. And I'm like, what does it do? You know, especially under the gun, what does that club do? when you're feeling pressure with your friends for a large amount of money or just a club championship or whatever it might be, what, how do you react under that situation? And you need to figure that out because there's a lot of different scenarios between driving range golf for hitting giggle golf, club championship golf, PGA tour golf, you know, it's so much different and you have to find your way and your path depending on what situation you have. One more. I'm guessing of those 14 in your harem, the putter is number one, right? Oh. <laughs> yeah, she. yeah. She, right. she, she's usually who I take to bed. Um, she, she, she's been beautiful to me. Um, she saves me. She's there for me. You know, when I'm having a bad day, she's there for me when I'm having a great day, and I can take it deep. Um, yeah. So when I'm not striking it well, I'm cool with an even par, one under, maybe one over, depending on the course. Um, but yeah. But then at at, at Oak Hill. It's a degree and a half aloft on on that, and uh, really? it was rolling so beautifully on those greens. And uh, yeah, she. <laughs> here's here's the funny part is that I rolled the rock better than I ever rolled in my life. I hit short game shots I never hit in my life. I hit my irons great. I hit driver down the fairway, and I struggled to finish fifteenth. That's how mm. good these guys on the tour are. That's fourteen guys still beat me. And I brought my A-plus game all around. So that's why I'm not on the PGA Tour. Um, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to have my A-plus game and still finish 15th. Uh, if I have my A-plus game against club professionals, I'm going to win. And I like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's actually that's, that's actually very, very insightful and a, and a nice way to – or different way to look at it. And I was just kind of thinking about this, Michael – trying to put myself in in your shoes and obviously you know it's i'm sure it's been such a a gift the course of 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 what has happened to you in the last couple of months but is there anything that's that's a curse too right i mean i put myself in your shoes and i think it'd be only human to be like okay like when like are people going to care about this forever i I, do i now have more anxiety to play in these events that i'm going to play because now expectation it was nice when i was flying under the radar expectations are a lot higher right now like this would if i was in your shoes i i would feel a level of of anxiety honestly yeah i would say the anxiety part of it comes from the expectation level that everyone has for me when i go play 
nine holes here or I play against a YouTube person or I do whatever. And, you know, and when I go play in Cabo next week, everyone's like, oh, you know, I've got so many people that really look up to me and, and they're big fans and I love it. And they're huge supporters of me and they expect me to go win in Cabo. I'm like going, dude, I, I hope I make the cut in Cabo. And then from there, maybe I, you know, we'll see how, how well I can do. But I have no idea. I'd have never played the golf course. But um, yeah, the expectation level, I can't get over the whole hater thing, man. Uh, you know, I know I said a comment about the Roy thing and the drives or whatever. And, and it's just like, I've been interviewed a million times and I've said 8 million different comments. And, you know, of course you make mistakes in what you say and how the context comes out, uh, which I've learned to understand. Um, I'm sure I'm just going to still say some stupid things and <laughs> do some stupid things and whatever. But yeah, just the whole pressure of it, because I, I have so much pressure that I want to do well for my fans and I want to just shove it in the face of the haters, which I know, like I said, I got six events lined up and those haters can't wait for me to fail. What did, uh, what did Tiger tell you? He said, uh, he was, what did he say? He, uh, said, I've had, Hey, great year. Keep it going type of thing. You know? Um, yeah, he, he was great. I love going up there. And then obviously Max and I hung up, hung out on, uh, Whole eleven at MPCC hitting me hitting shots uh, for the for the players and Max just hanging out uh, eating pizza having fun with me. <laughs> That's awesome. T- Tiger is somebody that I have found. Man, I don't know how how much you guys got a chance to talk, but he sees everything. I'm sure he I'm sure he watched the whole day on Sunday at, at, at the PGA, and just to hear him talk as like as nerdy as possible about golf is so much fun like it, it, it's it, I, there are some points where i'm like i don't even know if he's still talking about golf like he's talking <laughs> about things that I, i've never heard of before but um i, I just I, I don't know how much did you have any of those interactions with him or, or or get to view them from up close at all not really um we had a we had a quick conversation um but nothing into that means uh the funny thing is we both grew up you know i didn't grow up here but you know we're both a, pretty much the same exact age 47 yeah and uh, but never really played against each other. He was obviously upper echelon stud. I'm just a barely played D2 college golf. Um, didn't play AGGA, didn't play any of that stuff. Uh, you know, so we, we, we took completely different paths. And the cool part is we've passed quite a few times mm-hmm. um, me playing against him. But I never really had the interaction. But it's pretty darn cool to have him and the TGR, you know, live contact me and want me to come to his event and be their honorary starter and hit shots for all of his guys and stuff like that. So for, <laughs> he doesn't need to come up to me and say that, you know, when I, yeah, I watched you do it and all this stuff, but for him to come up to me, shake my hand and he's a really cool guy. Once he, you're kind of in his world, right? Cause that guy has so much going on. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he was great, but no, I, I didn't get to really talk to him as much as I would love to. I'd love to go tee it up with him at some point in my life, but uh, I don't know if that's going to ever happen. Okay, Michael. I think we're gonna we're gonna put a pin in this for now. The uh, we know we've got you in Cabo next week. You've been teasing us about what the next couple of months might look like. Uh, where can we expect? Are you gonna be playing golf on the moon? Are you gonna be showing up <laughs> anywhere? Like what? Where can we get our fill of Blocky moving forward? Uh, when when does this get released? <laughs> You're live right now. <laughs> um. Well. So, yeah, I'm in Cabo in the PGA Tour event, Worldwide Technologies event, Diamante next week, which I'm beyond excited. 
I then I'm home for a day and I go to a fun event, the Mayakama Pro member up in Napa. Home for two days, and then I'm going to go do a 100-hole hike at Pebble Beach Saw on that. the Hay for a youth That's on court. Cool. And then I then stay there for a week and play in the Pebble Beach Invitational hosted by yep. TaylorMade. Yep. Uh, so I'm there for the entire week. I'm home for three days, and then I, um, I'm i on a long flight. Let's just say I'm on a long flight, and I can't quite say it until tomorrow. Uh, but I'm going to go somewhere very cool that I've never been and play in a big event, which uh, I'm fortunate to be in. And then uh, off for a while, off in December, pretty much, except for uh, an event out in the desert. And then I'm in the American Express out at PJ West. I'm in the Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines the next Ooh. week. Um, and then wow. I'm in the PJ Championship again in May at Valhalla. And there's a couple other events that I'm in the talks with at playing uh, in the early part of 2024 as well. All right. Let the speculation begin <laughs> on long flights, places Michael's never played, <laughs> opportunities. We'll, we'll, we'll have this cracked within a couple of minutes uh, here. But thank you so much for the time, for joining us, and for chatting a little bit of golf. Really appreciate it. No, you guys are great. I appreciate you, what you guys all do. And uh, Mark, hopefully I'll see you out on the uh, course. And if you're following me, that's that's a good that's sign. A good thing. Yeah, good Tory Pines uh, late Sunday afternoon would be a good thing. Look yeah. forward to it, my friend. See you. There you go. Michael Block for Kyle Porter, for Mark Immelman. I'm Rick Gaiman. This has been The First Cut. We'll catch you next time. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meats.